Welcome, if you didn't already know, to Ben and Benji Do The News, the podcast where we discuss the stories that shouldn't be on the front page. It's been a good week of weird news, I've found. Yeah, I found quite a lot. It was one of those weeks where I had to sort of whittle it down. Sometimes that's as awkward as kind of only finding two stories, isn't it? You know, when you find a few things and it's hard to know what to choose. And then sometimes you read it out and regret it because <laughs> the other one would have sounded better. Or is that just me? Yeah, you get that, like, let's have a look at what you could have won. Feeling. <laughs> Come on down. <laughs> uh, you haven't you haven't accessed the shared doc I've sent you. That makes me nervous. Hang on. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah, here we go. Uh, oh, episode 13. God. Okay. Could you be more unlucky than some of the other numbers we've done? (laughs) (laughs) Two, seven. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that that looks good. So I'm going first. So now I've done the intro and it is your go. (laughs) You are so revealing all of our secrets. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's behind the scenes. Some BTS stuff. I mean, I think people will be more surprised that there's actually like a list. It's quite bad that we need a running None order, so isn't it, to do you. two stories each? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just gives me surprise a, for me. The insight into my control, my control freakishness that I do a that I do a uh, Google Doc for each episode when all we ever do is bring forward news stories and split them up with a fun featurette in the middle. It was funny though, because when I just opened it, I was thinking, oh, oh, there must be some kind of new exciting thing I'm not aware of that I'm gonna have to <laughs> quickly get across. It literally says story one, Ben, story two, Benji. <laughs> but yeah, it's good. All right. <laughs> right. It, it all helps. I'm gonna um I'm gonna make a start then according to the, the running order. Um so this week, I have decided to go with yet more news from the ocean. And I'm starting to get genuinely worried, right? Because either my phone keeps suggesting articles on weird sea creatures' behaviour, because I keep reading them and the algorithm has just clocked on, or the much more likely situation that the oceans are turning against us. <laughs> because previously on the podcast, we've had Wally the Walrus bothering fishermen in Cornwall. We've had orcas attacking boats in Spain. Now it's the sea snakes. There's no easy way to put this. They're trying to shag divers, Benji. <laughs> I saw this one, actually. I'm Did glad you? I didn't pick it. I thought there's only, there's only one man that's got a weird fetish for sea creatures. And I'm talking to him right now. <laughs> I'm definitely not picking a sea creature story if I'm getting a <laughs> reputation next week. <laughs> it's, not, it's, not, it's not the sna- sea snakes we should be wor- worried, worried about. It's the weird fetishists like you that are going out trying to shag them. <laughs> <laughs> This is defamation. (laughs) Well, this story is from, I don't know where you saw it, but I saw the mirror had it. Well, it's originally from Live Sciences, which isn't a publication that I'm familiar with, but I am now. Um, And it reports that sexually frustrated sea snakes are mistaking scuba divers for mates. 
And it isn't just the odd case of snake on diver action. A study says there's been almost 160 interactions with olive sea snakes in the Great Barrier Reef and found they were more common perhaps as you'd expect during mating season. So I know what you're thinking, Benji. You're thinking, what does a sexual advance from an ocean-dwelling snake look like? Well, the article <laughs> reported that one diver experienced snakes coiling around his fins, licking the water around him, and even chasing him when he swam away. But what it didn't state was if when he swam away, he was looking over his shoulder with one finger to his lips, mouthing, chase me, chase me, he was diving <laughs> <laughs> anyway, a, a chap called Rick Shine, whose name, and maybe it's just the context of the story, to me sounds like a porn star, uh, but he's actually a biologist and reptile expert at Macquarie University in Australia. And he told Live Sciences males are very aroused and active while looking for girlfriends. We don't have to be an expert to know that, and it doesn't only go for snakes. But anyway, he continues, the males can't tell the difference between female snakes and scuba divers, and it can lead to some very comical interactions. I mean, these snakes, they can't tell the difference between a snake and a diver. That sounds like a terrible excuse that the snakes are using to try and explain their attraction to divers. And actually, they'll just lick the water near anything that moves. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear, that's a brilliant story. Yeah, so uh, I mean, it, it was a good story, but do you know what I liked best about it? Because of reading it, I found myself googling, "Does a snake have a penis?" <laughs> and the answer is, from the horrific pictures that I found, kind of two very spiky peni. <laughs> <laughs> More on that in next week's podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what have you got for us this week? So I'm sticking with the am amphibious theme. So divers are getting bothered by snakes, but this lady is quite happy to stand by her amphibian. Okay. Right. An amphibian. I fucked it. It's a reptile. But anyway, you get the, you get the connection I was trying to make. So woman attacked by alligator says... I love him and it shouldn't face any consequences. So oh have you seen this video of a woman basically with her hand clamped in a alligator's mouth with a man desperately trying to wrestle the to wrestle the woman out of the alligator? I haven't seen this one. Oh, it's fucking amazing because right. the person filming it does it so calmly. Um, <laughs> what <laughs> terrifying, yeah. psychopathic uh, cameraman! But despite what happened, Lindsay Ball describes the eight-foot creature given the Star Wars-inspired name Darth Gator as a member <laughs> of the family, while its owner says the reptile was just having a bad day. This is probably one of the most aggressive videos of a reptile I've ever seen. Oh my God, right. Um, and if this reptile was just having a bad day, then um, Rose West was just misunderstood. <laughs> well, you know what? Just that is a thread through all of these sort of animal stories, isn't it? There's always someone on hand to slightly excuse the behaviour of what's what's happened. You know what I mean? Oh, they're only having a bit of fun. They're having a laugh. <laughs> well, it, it, pretty much, because um, 
This happened during a child's birthday party at Scales and Tails in Salt Lake City, Utah. <laughs> uh, not to be confused with a piano and tuxedo shop of the same name around the corner. <laughs> yes. And Miss Bull, <laughs> who was talking... Uh, she avoided losing her limb after undergoing surgery but she said we're going to fight as long as we can to keep him as long as he's in our care and it is our choice no consequences uh, are going to happen to him he was just doing what an animal does trying to rip off a human's arm (laughs) yeah at a venue for children's entertainment (laughs) (laughs) Scales and Tails to me has a, an air, and I haven't seen it, but of the, um, I can't think what the ranch is called, but you know, um, Tiger King. Yes, yeah. It's yes, got that yes, sort of feel yeah. to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, watch the video after this because this alligator is behind a very flimsy plastic screen in a very shallow water bath. Um, right. It's not the sort of place. Um, you you really should be keeping uh, a reptile. Um, uh, so she says at the end of this piece, which I which I which is kind of the cherry on the cake, is um, oh I she says oh I love him. He <laughs> she says oh I love him. He is like a member of my family. That is true of everybody who works there. Everybody loves Darth. Um, until he rips your arm off, apparently. I mean, God, what is her family like if she can, you know, like, does she go around and see a nan and she almost loses a foot? <laughs> oh, she, yeah. You know, like a member of the family, if that family is the Lecter family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, so yeah, that's that's my that's my first story. Patel's possibly a contender for the Bayford Award. Lindsay Bull there sticking yeah. up for her vicious reptile. So we're on to second mentions. Okay, my one for you this week, and I fear you might have seen it. So can you pretend that okay. you haven't? Yeah. Um, the decommissioned Art Deco Steam Cathedral. I haven't seen it. It's a good one. Oh, I, I like the longer, the longer ones now. Yeah. Um, oh. God, de- decommissioned. Art, what was it? Art Deco. Deco Steam Cathedral. I don't know. I'd have to okay, pass. I'm get- no, you're not going to pass. I'm going to give you a clue. <laughs> I want to see more people sort of react like that on quiz shows. No, you're not getting off that easy. Like, you've come on the show. <laughs> we want to see you struggle. Try. Try. <laughs> <laughs> so... It's a landmark in London. Decommissioned. That's what's throwing me off. The decommissioned Art Deco. It's not a church. Right. But it's got spires and it's got steam. Decommissioned Art Deco Steam Cathedral. Oh, Battersea Power Station. Yes. 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 I needed a lot of hints, but I still got it. Yeah, well done. (laughs) Yeah, it's a great second mention, isn't it? Yeah. I'm really like... I think when when we were just sort of like doing these second mentions like as part of our job, I really like them. But since doing this, I've got a real appreciation for those kind of almost quite like picture painting ones. You know, they're quite poetic, some of them. Poetic, yeah. So just to give, excuse me, credit where credit's due, that's from Peter Allen. 
Paris freelance journalist. Oh, right. Okay. Um, yeah. And he's, um, he's talking about the exploited doomsday eeriness of Patterson Power Station as early as 1936 in Hitchcock's Sabotage. Wow. Um, and that was actually in a tweet. So, but, but yeah. retweeted by Nobby Monsters. What have you got for me? Excellent. So mine is just straight from the Second Mentions Twitter account. And this is a person you've got to guess. <laughs> and it's the karate-loving 47-year-old lawyer-turned-Tory action man. <laughs> <laughs> Tory action man? Yeah. The action man bit's quite strange. I didn't know whether that referred to him having plastic underpants. <laughs> Karate loving lawyer turned Tory action man. God. Um, Dominic Raab? Boom. Yes. Yes. So fancy. That was just a shot in the dark. Yeah. Well, I'm going to set one just because for the first time I decided to throw in my own example to kind of get the uh, creative juices flowing. So I just wanted one from my first story because as I was just saying that, I like the the longer ones now um, that are very specific to the actual details of the story. So I would like to mention for not only a sea snake, but a horny snake that makes a pass at divers. So my example... (laughs) is a diver-bothering serpentine subaquatic sex pest. <laughs> all right, fair enough. I like that. And I feel the rule might have to be, whenever we do our own second mentions, we have to do them in the Alan Partridge voice. That I can get on board with. Right, do the second story. Story two. This is from Lincolnshire Live. And usually, Benji, believe it or not, and I know you will probably find this hard to believe, I do try and summarise the stories that we do. There's so many strange details in this one, though. I'm just pretty much going to read it through as is. So are you sitting comfortably? Very much. Right. When Chloe Lee's beloved pet cat Nikki died, she wasn't ready to say goodbye. The 22-year-old from Boston had lost her childhood pet and wanted a special way of still being able to spend time together. Chloe has been practising taxidermy since she was 14 and she was able to ensure Nikki still has a place in her home. <laughs> As a drop intro, that is masterful, isn't it? Just such a change. The there. change of tone is just stratospheric. <laughs> the drop is a hard, high drop. Um, and, and again, with this, the quotes are just so... Incredible. I knew that when Nikki died, I wanted to preserve her. I wanted to make sure I would preserve her well. I would need to allocate 50 hours to work on making her beautiful once again. She said the process helped with feelings of loss, grief and pain. It's not completely saying goodbye. She's still here. Yes, she's lifeless. (laughs) I've I've got a part of her. Some people have ashes to keep their relatives close. This is what I do with my pets. I'm fully aware she's not alive, but it's comforting to see that it's still her fur and to look over and see she looks peaceful. In my head, I'm thinking of her being buried. All I can think of is the animal rotting away in the ground. And that is an awful, awful thought, to be fair. But what I think I find more awful is hacking the insides out of my beloved pet and pickling and stuffing its shapeless cadaver. But 
Chloe kind of alludes to this, right? As she goes on, she says, uh, it was a gruesome process, but the end product was worth it. Uh, my experience as a taxidermist prepared me. It's graphic and you can't delete those images from your head, but I'd rather see her like that and see her afterwards uh, and see her afterwards looking beautiful than never see her knowing she's rotting in the ground. <laughs> Again with the rotting. So Chloe first became interested in taxidermy at the age of 11 and has a, cl- and has a collection of other stuffed animals oh. in a home. She said, I started taxidermy quite young because I found it nice to stop animals from rotting. Again, rotting. <laughs> I feel like rather than take up taxidermy, just work through the issues you have with rotting. <laughs> first got into it at 11, but first tried it when she was 14, when she found a dead squirrel. And she oh, said, I bought a beginner's book right and a blunt knife and that was it no one helped me or anything but a blunt knife fucking hell (laughs) but she's 50 hours (laughs) (laughs) yeah she had a stanley knife it'd be done in about 45 minutes um but sort of strap in here because there's a bit of a gear change towards the end are you almost finished because i'm gonna start rotting in a minute (laughs) (laughs) we're almost there but i couldn't leave this out she said she had also attempted to stuff larger animals too she said i went through the preserving process of a deer but i didn't completely finish it i was told there was a deer on the side of the a16 so i went over and dragged him and put him in my fiat (laughs) i couldn't bear the thought of it Rotting by the side <laughs> of the road. You have to drink every time you hear rotting. Yeah, you'd be absolutely hammered. Um, and it goes on. And I just, I dread to think why it wasn't completely finished. It doesn't say that. But a blunt I mean, knife and. Yeah, it maybe it rotted. A, t- a blunt knife and a tiny fiat might be the yeah. answer to that. <laughs> But yeah, I just, that was one of the stories that it's like, it's a funny top line, but a great drop intro and just the quotes were Are you able to, to, just to put you on the spot, are you able to name check the journalists that wrote that? Uh, yes, Lincolnshire Live, and it was uh, Adam Lava. Adam Lava, because that's a brilliant story. And, you know, yeah. when you first said that, I my Swiss cheese alarm went off. Um because it just felt like a Reddit story, but to actually see a decent bit of journalism is is um, is admirable. Yeah, yeah, I'm really well written as well. The drop just yeah cracked me up. So, what's your next story, Benji? Well, talking of Swiss cheese, um, <laughs> two words: <laughs> Courtney Poaching. <laughs> Excellent. You remember her? I do. That's not how you pronounce the name first time round, but that's been rectified now. Yeah. Well, was it the unnamed groom? Was that what she was responsible for? I think I think it was, yeah. This is from the Mirror Online. Um, woman explains why you should always stay away from random staircases in the woods. Right. Okay. A woman has gone viral on TikTok after sharing a spooky warning about random staircases in the middle of woodland and why she believes it's best to stay away from them. So we start with this. Have you ever been out for a walk in the woods and stumbled across a random staircase? No. (laughs) The end. (laughs) Ends. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, according to one woman on TikTok, if you spot such a thing while enjoying a stroll through woodland or a forest, you should never climb the stairs, no matter how tempted you may be. Right. Okay. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to get on board with it because, like, the premise is like unrelatable, isn't it? It's very niche, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Jesse V has grown a large following on the platform of over 4 million people. With When you say platform, do you mean TikTok or a staircase? Hey! <laughs> Rotting! <laughs> with whom she shares strange and creepy facts and stories from around the world. One of her most popular videos is all focused upon random staircases in the wood and the unusual possible theories behind them. <clears throat> Read on. She explained... If you see a random staircase in the woods, you have to get away as fast as you can. Never climb them. There was a story going round a couple of years ago stating that there are abandoned staircases in national forests around the world, like deep, deep in the forest, away from anybody. It's just a staircase. No other structure attached to it. Some stairs are in ruins. Some are perfectly sturdy. Some are iron spirals like the kind you'd find in a lighthouse and they just literally reach up to nowhere. Right. Okay. I'm kind of, I'm waiting for, if not the payoff, just some, something. (laughs) Well, it's not great. Jesse continues, there are so many different theories as to why these stairs are there and what actually happens when you climb them. Only a few have ever dared to climb the staircases. I think she's taken something strange, Ben, to be honest with you. And the yeah. people who have to report feeling unnerved, often report feeling unnerved and unwelcome or even nauseous when they're on the stairs. Some people say the stairs lead to another dimension. Others people say it leads to hell. Others say why so many people and kids go missing in national forests is because they're because they climb these stairs and they are never seen again right okay yeah that you know what that may be the the swissest of all the cheeses because the headline does not answer the question she doesn't explain why you should always stay away from them does she right it doesn't even answer a problem that doesn't exist because i've never seen a staircase in a forest and when it says abandoned staircases it kind of sounds like you know someone's been getting rid of their staircase and they've like (laughs) fly tipped it where you know like strap it to the roof of the volvo and drive to the middle of nowhere like what is this to be fair have you ever been to a dump and seen a staircase and that might be a problem because there's not really a skip in a dump for staircases is there (laughs) that is proper conspiracy theory logic and I, I like it you definitely get a mark a mark for that <laughs> i can win the bayford award uh, if they're not in a tip if they're not in a wheelie bin where are they <laughs> what are people doing with all these staircases yeah. they are they are rotting in the woods <laughs> um so I, I want to throw in a bonus story. I know it's not really allowed, but That's um, fine. A man has found um, Britain's longest hula hoop. <gasps> longest? Oh, right. A like new, a toilet roll. A new, like, a new one. A new one. Do you remember we brilliant. had the guy that was auctioning yeah. the NHS? So Sam Lightfoot was the lucky finder of the four-inch long snack. Yes. Um, which he discovered obviously in the back of the hula hoops. He said. When I opened it, I was like, 
what? Then I realised <laughs> I went and showed everyone. They were very impressed. Then I measured it. Oi, not talking about the sea salt. Yeah. Um, and then uh, it's uh, the offshore wind farm planner said what happened was among his biggest achievement. It's up there in the to- top 10, along with buying a house and a car. We've seen online that someone got 10,000 quid for a puffed up Dorito they found. But we're, not, <laughs> but, but we're not planning to sell this. It's too sentimental. I'll probably keep it forever and hand it down through the family. And that's the problem, really, to be honest with you. This is why this story wasn't one of my main stories. Because I think the Qualifiers for weird news stories are something happening, weird happening to someone, and them being responsible for make it even making it even weirder. So I say yeah. to you, Sam Lightfoot, go out there and make a fortune because no one, I mean, no one in your family wants a long hula hoop as an heirloom. Yeah, and j- imagine in a in a very very far distant future, one day, a will reading. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like to you, we, he, uh, he bequeaths his, his estate and so much in cash, uh, and to you, his most beloved son, a four-inch hula hoop. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I find Sam quite selfish. We've got a struggling NHS out there. Yeah, I know. Sell yeah. it, sell it for the heroes, man. <laughs> I like the idea of a puffed up Dorito. It sounds like it's kind of talking about its attitude. It's ego, yeah. Bowling into the Chris convention. Like, who's this big triangle? Who does he think he is? (laughs) Oh, oh yeah. Giving it the big one. Oh, yeah, shit. He has just been auctioned for 10 grand. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) <laughs> and what about what about you little guy well i'm his hula hoop we're not selling him we don't care how much you offer we're not selling it not, for, not sale. for sale <laughs> can't put a price on that <laughs> i feel like there's definitely a a feature in odd crisp sales i mean they they always say you you know what you always get you always get the story that says we've heard this crisp can get upwards of like ten thousand pounds at auction but i've never actually seen the story of someone who sold a crisp and is now going oh like i got 10 grand from a crisp do you know what i mean you always get the pre-sale story i know the woman to write it we've got a little got a little got a little little job for you Good job for you. <laughs> that marks the end of our weird news roundup. I will see you next time. Like, share, subscribe, all of the above. And remember, your knobbly for this week is sea, uh, a horny sea snake. Yes. See you next week. See you next week.